everyone. It's Alex here from T-Box Chatter, your simple little podcast from Until the Next Tea. And I'm lucky to have with me tonight two great gentlemen. If you think that you have the need for speed, these guys have a product that is just for you. I have Luke Benoit, who's the founder of Rip Golf and Ripstick, and his partner, Scott McDonald. Gentlemen, thank you so much for welcome, or for joining me today. Thanks, Alex. Excited to be here. It's going to be uh, fun to fun to learn about your show, and um, looking forward to introduce Ripstick a little bit. Excellent. And Scott, I had the pleasure of talking to you back during the show uh, back in January, even though it was that virtual show. And it's a great to see your face as well again. So uh, you know, welcome back. Yeah, thanks, Alex. It was. Um... It's, it seems like a long time ago when you're a new company, but it, it, it really isn't. But uh, yeah, it's, it's crazy how far we've come even since uh, the end of January. So good to see you again. Good to see you back on your feet. And uh, yeah, ex excited to chat a little golf, a little players and, and ripstick. Excellent. So uh, Luke, we're going to start with you. Um, so in doing some research, getting ready for tonight, I noticed that you have uh, quite a bit of experience under your belt, uh, especially from a playing standpoint. So do you want to just touch on with, you know, who you are as a golfer and where you've been, what you've done? Yeah. So, you know, I think uh, just kind of cutting to the chase, you know, I, I grew up playing uh, a lot of other sports and started golfing when I was about 13. And once I got into it, I was really, really hooked. So I played a ton of golf as a kid. Um, you know, within a year I was breaking 80 of literally picking up a club. And I just was just a nod about it. I'd play 200 rounds a year, went on to play college golf. Um, and then played the mini tours for a little bit, played a bunch of, uh, you know, Dakota's tour, played a little bit of nationwide back in the day. Um, but I was never a very straight hitter of the ball and I was always obsessed with the mechanics. So it was such a natural path for me to go into teaching because I was the guy that could hit three fairways and find a way to shoot, uh, you know, five under, but if it was a tight course where three fairways wasn't going to work, I could shoot 80, you know? So I had a big spread, you know, wide open courses, I'd go really low and tight courses I would struggle on. So that was a perfect uh, jumping off point for, you know, just learning how to, you know, basically teach the game. And my grandpa was the only guy, I got one lesson before I turned professional. And that was from my grandpa. And he taught me, he said, learn to hook it, learn to slice it. And uh, you know, then you spend the rest of your life learning how to hit it straight. And so that was a great way for me to understand ball flight and really the most important stuff of golf, which is how to curve it, how to control your shape. And then also, um, you know, basically learn how to hit it solid. So that's where I got going into it. And it really goes into the, the philosophy of how I teach golf is that, you know, so many people are teaching perfect golf swings. They want seven irons that look so pretty on Instagram and golf is not that game. And I think Scott and I kind of we really resonate with that, that idea that golf is a game of learning how to deal with the situation at hand. And if you don't have a lot of different options, you're really limited in how well you can score. You think about the best players in the world and we got the players championship coming up here where, you know, it, it is a, a golf course where it helps to hit it in the fairway. Um, but even the best in the world only hit, you know, two out of three shots in the fairway. Right. And so one thing we, we talk about with ripstick golf is you've got to be flexible and have different, uh, different shots in the bag and be able to deal with a lot of different situations. So that's kind of where I come from. It as a teacher is I'm not afraid to help somebody develop a beautiful golf swing, but I really want people to score well and learn how to, you know, train themselves to score and, and be a student of the game that way. And you know what, you bring up a good point to that end, you know, and I instruct as well. I teach golf 
And the one thing that I tell my students all the time is that, you know what? There's not one right way to swing the golf club. The one thing that you have to make sure that you're pretty good at is getting, you know, at that point of impact and post impact and everything else that happens in between, you know, it's, it's one of those things where you compare different golfers like Anthony Sorsdom, Tiger Woods, Bobby Jones, uh, Jim Furyk, Ryan Moore, you know, DeChambeau, for, we'll throw him into this conversation too. And really, if you look at them all, they don't really have anything in common per se, but it's that point of impact that's so important, you know, where it's that, that pre and post impact. Yeah, totally. I think uh, the, the, you know, where track man and just the modern teaching era is really moved toward, towards is like you say, similar impacts in lots of ways to get it. You have to have a power source. You have to have a, an okay swing plane, but the deviation of swing plane is pretty big out there. Um, Absolutely. So, and then there's a lot of different ways to get power. You can be a slider, you can be a spinner, you can be a jumper, you know, so you can do it different ways. Um, and you don't even, you don't even need to, uh, you know, have a great short game if you're great at hitting it. If you hit it a mile and you have a great short game, it can be unbelievable. So there's different ways to get it around. And uh, my partner, Scott, is a great example. I'd like to talk about Scott because Scott was a high school um, cross-country stud in Minnesota. And, and Scott, what was your mile time? 430? 437. So he was a runner. 437 miles. Right? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so we graduated high school together, Scott and I go way back. And, um, you know, at that point I was at least 10 strokes better than him. And now he's, I'm going to say it, he's probably a better player than I am all, you know, all things considered. And, and Scott has literally, we've played matches where we've had other pros giving him grip lessons on the golf course. And that's usually after a couple holes in because he's got a funky grip. He puts the thumb on the side of the shaft and nobody would teach it. Um, and, uh, it's unbelievable because by the 14th hole, he's got him closed out. We win the match. And this is the guy that uh, had a grip lesson on hole three from our competitors. It was, it was a great situation, but uh, that, <laughs> that's, the, that's the sort of partner I have. And it just kind of goes to show there's a lot of ways to get the done, to get the job done. All right, Scott. So we're going to bring you into this now, because mm-hmm. if you thought you were going to get away unscathed today or tonight, it wasn't going to happen. So uh, let's uh, hear about a little bit about you, the golfer. Um, yeah. You know, as, as Luke just mentioned, that uh, you started playing golf back in high school. And uh, what happened from that point moving forward? Yeah, to be honest, you know, the only person that taught me how to golf when, when I was growing up was Luke. Uh, he, he knew how to shape the ball. And from about seventh grade on till uh, we were seniors in high school. We played a lot of golf in the summers and, and we'd literally just go to the range. And uh, I vividly remember I couldn't hit a hook and we literally just hit balls and try to get the ball to shape. And uh, I finally learned how to do it. And just, I think that's such a critical piece of learning how to move the ball when you're growing up and being able to hit shots. And I can still hit shots because I learned it when I was super young, but I didn't play competitively. It was more fun back then. Like Luke said, I wasn't any good. I mean, I could scrape it around and maybe shoot low 80s. But then uh, I went to college to run and then ended up transferring to the University of Minnesota and then stopped running as much and played more competitive golf. And and I can honestly say since uh, probably since the age of 15, each year I've gotten better. Each year I'm just trying to work on things. I'm 39 years old and 
each year I'm trying to get better. Um, so, and now I've, I've played a lot of competitive golf at the club pro level. I never did uh, tours or mini tours or anything like that. It was too late and wasn't good enough even back then. And, but since in the last five years, I've really made some strides and, um, yeah, I, I think a big part of it for me has always been, I've always been really healthy. I run a lot. I go to the gym. I really focus on fitness. Um, I had back issues probably about 10 years ago and it really like opened my eyes, like how important certain aspects are. Um, and, and, and speed's a big part of it. Um, I've, I've been doing speed training probably on and off for the last three or four years. And that's when, you know, how Ripstick kind of came to be is Luke and I both were doing speed training. It was just with another company's product. And we, we, Luke is, is a scientist. He's, he's a, he's, he is a doctor. Um, I went to school for five years and got a bachelor's. So I guess that'd be like the opposite of a doctor. Usually most people get a bachelor's in four years, but um, I had a lot of fun in college, but anyways, um, so we, we were talking about this. How do we do some, if somebody could do some speed training with just one club and Luke figured it out and that's how Ripstick came to be. So it's kind of crazy how our journey in golf has come together. And now we're working together on this. That's amazing. So, so Luke, then, uh, so your product's been out since uh, roughly the end part of 2020, I believe, right. From the, uh, talk that we had during the PGA show. Was it 2020, the, the late part? Yeah. Is that when it came to be? Yeah, we, we really launched about four months ago and we spent a couple, really a couple of years prototyping. And I have a great partner um, who helped me design this named Tim. And um, we wanted to make sure the design was almost flawless before we launched. And so that's, you know, the whistle that comes out of it is really cool. The versatility, you basically have eight different weight combinations in one stick. And I think some people don't even realize this, but safety is absolutely critical. And ours is very safe because the weights can only come out one way. They could fall on your head at the top of the backswing. But there's other companies out there that fasten it with a wrench. Um, there's some that kind of screw it on and like a stacking system. I promise you ours is the safest because there's only one way, you know, centripetal force is going to work and that's going to go into the mass of the chassis or mass of the head. So we put a lot of time into it make sure it, it sounds right. It works right. Um, and I think we got the weights, right. We did some research on that and, and we have, uh, basically 10% under 10% over and a little bit more covered. And then you got the counterweight aspect as well. So we put a lot of time in the design. And so we're proud of that. And then as we see, um, the industry growing quickly, you know, just like, just like everything in golf, it's a copycat business. Right. And, um, you know, another company created the model and we've been the beneficiaries of creating the model of kind of riding their coattails, coming out with a better product. But literally I started with my students swinging wooden dowels before they even launched their product about seven years ago. Oh, really? So, yeah. I've been doing wooden dowels with kids of different weights because I was looking at the, the baseball research and some TPI stuff that had come out a long time ago. So I, I would just put wooden dowels together and then I would, I would put big, heavy screws in the end to give them different weights. And, um, one of, one of our poster poster children, a, a kid that's now he's about 120 pounds and he swings at about 113 miles an hour. Oh. He was swinging wooden dowels seven years ago as a seven, basically a seven or eight year old. Um, so that's where the kind of the genesis of the thing began. And then as I started to realize um, super speed came out with the three sticks, I started selling tons of super speed because it is such a great product. 
and it's kind of, it's kind of like exercise. It's like, you know, if you go, um, you know, run every day, you're going to get better at running. If you go swing and try to get faster every day, you're going to get faster. And so learning how to do it and just kind of committing, committing to that, uh, mm-hmm. program is so key. Um, and so that's, that's why it's been such a, a fun thing. Cause we know it works and it's just about getting people to commit to it. Well, you know, going back to the PGA show and where I was researching different uh, uh, vendors or not vendors, but different exhibits or exhibitors to, to talk to. And I came upon Ripstick, you know, it, I saw a product there that looked really intriguing and looked like it was well done. And then you guys sent me the Ripstick that I have and I'll just reach behind me real fast here and grab it. And when I unboxed it, I mean, I couldn't believe the quality of it, the thought that was put into this, everything from, you know, the, the adjustment of the, of the weights, you know, they just slide in and out so easily. Um, whether your fingers are cold or warm, doesn't really matter. You know, especially you guys being from Minnesota, um, you know, the holes in the bottom, which we've alluded to, it gives you like a real, you know, I can't see where they, where it is. Oh, there we are. Um, you know, the holes there, it gives you that auditory sound, the counterweight as well. I mean, there's just so many good things going on with this and, you know, I had one media person say to me, well, you know, that's already been done. You know, that's, that's super speed. I'm like, you know what it is, but it isn't because there are so many different wrinkles to your product versus theirs that it makes it very much different. And in the case of going to a gym and working out, I'd rather take one stick with me instead of taking three, because I used to take in three to a gym and get some swings in during the winter. And it was a pain in the arse to take in three different sticks. Yeah, so just, just imagine if you're a tour player and you want to go to an event or you're, you're a college kid and you want to go do some speed training on a week long trip, you don't want 17 clubs in your bag. 14 is plenty, maybe 15, add one more, but that's all you want. So we knew there was a market there and this really the PGA tour players have been really interested in it because it's so much more convenient. So, yeah. Okay, um, Scott, do you have anything to add to that? No, I got, I got, uh, I got a surprise guest. Um, here it is right here. This is the wooden dowel that Luke Benoit gave me about uh, seven, eight years ago. This is the start of Ripstick right here. Um, I love it. So this, uh, I've had this, you know, when I was working on my overspeed back in the day, Luke's like, just take this thing in your garage, just swing it. So this was the start of it back, uh, yeah, seven, eight years ago. So, um, kind of crazy how far we've come, but, um, no, it's, uh, yeah. And I think the biggest thing that makes us different is we're not, uh, we're not in the business just to sell sticks. That's, that's not our business model. Our business model is all about making people, people better golfers. Number one, you got to have a sound fundamental golf swing because if you're doing speed training with a terrible golf swing you're not going to get anywhere uh number two if you're doing speed training and your body can't handle it or you're very inefficient with your body or you're not strong enough it's not going to help you either it's probably going to hurt you so our whole model is let's do speed training but first let's focus on your fitness make sure your body can handle it and also your golf swing so that's what and I mean, every ripstick purchase comes with a free swing analysis from this guy, Luke, who's one of the golf digest top teachers under 40 and uh, free fitness evaluation from two personal trainers that are really, really rock solid. 
I'm just really here for my good looks and my sense of humor. <laughs> well, you're doing, you're doing a good job. You're doing a good job. So again, and now since you, that's a great, like a very good segue. Uh, you know, I was on the website, of course, and you have, I mean, it's a wealth of information up there. Uh, everything from, you know, the, the, the swing videos to, you know, fixing, say, a cast or a slide, uh, you know, or loops on there. So what made you bring that along uh, and, and add that to the golfer on top of the protocols for speed training? Well, so, you know, my, my main job is teaching golf. Uh, I'm director of instruction at Interlock and Country Club. So I just teach people all day. And, and then on the, on the side, you know, I, I did a PhD in motor learning. And what, what is really obvious about, um, you know, how you train for golf is that a golf ball will change how we train in terms of you're going to regress to the pattern you're most comfortable with just so you can hit the ball solid. So we're going to do a study on that this summer about how impact can really affect patterns. But if you want to change a pattern, you should first start without a golf ball. And I have a lot of people just hitting doing foam balls because that's about a halfway segment there. But ripstick is wonderful because you can do all this speed training while you're changing your path. So, you know, like, let's say you go on a golf trip and it's, it's fading to the right. Well, if you go do ripstick for three, four days and you're trying to swing inside out with a couple noodles there, the deal is done. You're not going to slice it anymore. If you go up there and you try to feel your left wrist boat, and so every time we do a ripstick protocol uh, for somebody, we say, okay, do you have the plane you want? Or is the golf ball generally going straight? If you have a bias, let's correct that bias first. And then let's add speed on top of it. Cause we don't want you to hit farther into the woods. We want you to hit farther in the fairway. And that's, I think where we're a little different. Like we want, we want better golf. We don't want just longer crooked golf. That's amazing. And again, I think it says a lot about your product in general you know, from, from the product itself to, to the videos, you have put a lot of thought into this. And I mean, I have nothing but kudos and nothing but glowing things to say about you guys thus far. And considering, you know, you're only, you know, four months really into this. Yeah, it's been fun. And I think the reception we're getting is like, we're finding that some people are very interested in the, just the, the stick themselves, but some people are like, yeah, you know, I did your, did your protocol and it, it improved. And we've had some people say, Hey, you know, we want to hear more about your chicken wing video. <laughs> like today we had a guy say, Hey, we want to, I got a chicken wing. What can you help us with? And because, you know, TPI's done a nice job of outlining really the common swing faults. There's a pretty good blueprint out there. And with ripstick, you can kind of solve all of them with a couple props, noodles, chili whackers. There's ways to knock all this stuff out. And then once your swing is kind of in a decent spot, that's when it's a good time to add speed. So I have to ask then, whose whose idea was it to do the write-ups for the different videos? Because you mentioned the chicken wing video, and I mean that's something that I've said countless times. You know what? Chicken wings are great if you're eating them, but not great in the golf swing. So who's uh, <laughs> so who's uh, you know um, inspiration or uh, thought was that? Well, we it's started. All Luke. Yeah, I started doing those because I just thought, you know, let's have some fun names for for these swing flaws and just go ahead and knock out a video or two on each. And, you know, some are some are real popular. We find people watch the uh, the slice ones quite a bit and, um, you know, some some different lower lower body patterns, sway and slide and things like that. So it's interesting. We're actually getting a sample based on who's watching what what's actually needed out there, too. There's a demand effect to it. Um, so it's, it's fun to see. And, 
um, it's just kind of the tip of the iceberg uh, about where we want to go and, and maybe offer more and more coaching to anybody that purchases a ripstick. Excellent. So where do you would like to see yourself in, in about five years with ripstick? Well, we have no idea. I mean, I didn't expect this thing to jump off the way it did. It's, it's been pretty fun. I mean, uh, very quickly after we launched, I was like, Scott, you know what, this is starting to get pretty serious. And it just so happened, Scott was starting to realize he didn't want to be head pro anymore because he has four kids and, and he didn't want to be part of that rat race anymore. So the timing of getting Scott full-time was like perfect. Um, but I expect us to grow and have a lot more people and, um, you know, we'll see where we're at in terms of product innovation. We got some cool stuff in the pipeline, but um, nothing, nothing determined, nothing ready to launch quite yet. Very good. That's, and that's a straight up honest, candid answer. And I really appreciate that. Uh, so Scott, uh, with the product, uh, you're in some golf bags. Uh, how many golf bags are you guys into right now on the different tours or PGA professionals? Yeah, I, I'd say we're probably over 40 now. And we're pretty much on every major tour out there, uh, champions, PGA, LPGA, um, European. Uh, so yeah, we've, it's, it's pretty crazy that, um, a, a great story was one of our players is down at the Puerto Rico open and he's traveling with the ripstick because it's easy. It's just one stick you throw in there and he's swinging it on the range and obviously you can hear it, you know, you can hear somebody swinging it when, and obviously a guy on tour swings it that fast. It's, it's pretty loud. Um, and I had someone who, uh, a tour player who reached out to us after round one, he shoots three under in the first round at the Puerto Rico open. And probably he went out in the morning and in the afternoon, he hit us up on Instagram and said, Hey, I heard your product on, on the range and it looks really cool. And I did some research. Could I, could I get one? So, I mean, it's already like, once it gets out there, people see how convenient it is. And I mean, the fact it, it's super versatile too, cause you have so many weight options as well. Um, so it's, it's pretty cool to see. Um, and we've got tour players. Um, some are, they just reach out to us. So it's pretty neat to see, um, and we really appreciate the ones that when we started that, uh, you know, were gracious enough to take a chance and say, yeah, well, I'll take one of those. I'll try it out. And now it's just kind of snowballed. So, and, and I, you, you, oh, sorry, go ahead, Luke. Well, and you know, what's interesting about it is, um, we're, we're not paying anybody. And what I like to joke around is like, if you think about TaylorMade, they got to pay a lot of people to use the driver. We got 40 plus pros using it and we don't pay a single person which tells you how important it is for them and the average amateur needs to catch up and realize that this is a product that's going to help them as well it's such a great thing if if guys are clamoring and asking for it without getting paid that's a cool deal okay so with the different configurations because you mentioned that there's a total of eight different configurations that you can get so if you were to simulate a driver a typical driver uh how many weights would that be in the head of the ripstick so for a lightweight club you know maybe a, a women's shafted club that's around 300 grams and so that would be one weight in uh, for a standard men's that's maybe 320 330 that's two weights in so that's kind of your baseline weight for those two different models and then from there you can go no weights and very light or you can go three weights and very heavy 
but that kind of covers your 10% either way. So it's kind of like, we've got really four sticks in one, if you want to call it, you know, like the super speed model. Um, and then if you add the counterweight, we got five sticks in one, if you want to do that training. And, and again, you know, just, we were talking a little bit before we started recording tonight. And the one thing that I've noticed early on with it is the fact that this is such a multifaceted, I mean, sure, of course it's all, it helps you build up swing speed, more distance. But the one thing I've noticed is that it's also a great training aid in the sense of, again, it's that auditory thing. If you release the club too early and you're flipping at impact, you're, you're going to know by swinging the ripstick. And with the counterweight too, you know, it's important to get that hand, the hands through, hands ahead of the, uh, ahead of the club head. Mm-hmm. And again, this, this helps to, to, you know, really solidify and reinforce that. Yeah, it does. I had a guy um, send me a video um, four nights, maybe four or five nights ago, and he was just casting it like you wouldn't believe. And he was thing, saying, hey, should I get a ripstick? I said, yeah, you should get a ripstick and your swing is just awful. I was like super blunt with him, which is just my style. Like I want people to know like, okay, you got to go fix this. Um, so he got a ripstick, showed up two days later. And uh, he worked on it and then he shot me another video and his shaft lane went from like negative four to like positive eight, you know, in literally like three days. Cause he was just grinding on the shaft lane casting video and he just mastered it. So it was super cool to see. And you're right. The speed uh, that's created, the whistle that's created is so helpful for working on legs. So if you don't have compression of the golf ball and everybody wants compression, they want this nice shaft lane and low spinning wedges. If you want that, you absolutely just need to uh, need to learn how to lag it and, and swish it late. And that's what ripstick's really good at. So, and, and, you know, there's other products out there. I'm not going to like name any, but the ones with the whippy shafts, the whippy shafts actually don't help you with lag. They teach you to cast it. And so you don't need the whippy. You need to learn how to, how to pull the handle and swish late. <laughs> that's right. And, and, and again, you know, uh, you mentioned, you know, the, I'd rather have someone like yourself and like myself, where if the swing is horrible, you know what, you just say how it is. You're not like Chubbs on, on Happy Gilmore where he's with the woman at the driving <laughs> range, you know, that's nice. That's good. Just like that. So, I mean, you know, there's a lot of golfers out there that, that appreciate, again, it's that whole candid, candid, you know, uh, vibe that, that you and Scott are, are just sort of kind of casting off over there. And that's a great vibe to have. Yeah. We want to be authentic. Like we had a guy to, uh, I was giving a lesson, uh, kid was swinging a ripstick kid that swings about 122, and it slipped out of his hands and went right into the ceiling, right into the drywall. And, you know, we just throw that in Instagram and people like that stuff. It's kind of fun. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. yeah. We want to have fun with it. And I mean, the other good thing, like, uh, Alex said, uh, ripstick's good for is it's, it's a perfect warm up tool too. You know, you used to have the, the, the heavy club or whatever it was called that you'd swing just to loosen up. And we've got a friend of ours, uh, uh, Jim Lehman. He literally swings it every day to warm up. Um, and that's, he's like, yeah, I just swing it to warm up. We're like, Jim, there's, there's protocols that you can do too, that will help you with speed. And he, th- this is one of the best AMs in, in the state, if not the country for his age. And he's like, yeah, I just, I'm just fine swinging it. I feel like I'm picking up speed. So it's uh, people use it to warm up too. So that, that's amazing. So this is a, I mean, folks, for those listening, this is a, uh, it's very much a tool as opposed to a training aid or a, you know, just a, a speed trainer. This is a tool that's going to help you improve at golf period. 
Yeah, a lot of different ways to use it. Um, and, and we do have different sizes and colors for different, um, you know, basically, you know, ages and, and abilities of golfers. I shouldn't say abilities, but if you're a junior golfer or if you're a senior golfer, we've got options for you as well. Excellent. So guys, this week is the uh, Players' Championship. And of course, last week was Bay Hill and all the talk was about uh, 370 and 374 uh, over the water on a certain par five, hole number six. Um, You know, so, you know, with Bryson really doing what he's doing and I mean, Rory's no slouch with 361 on the same hole. Um, You know, speed is so important. So again, you know, if you're to... I know rank the different fundamentals or not fundamentals, but elements of a, of a golf swing or a golf results, where would you rank speed now versus say 10 years ago? Well, I think, I think that, you know, Brody's statistics on it and people digging deeper, you know, just, just the proximity from the hole is so much greater, even, you know, coming out of the rough from 120, especially for the average amateur, 120 out of the rough is just a lot better than 160 from the fairway. So we're starting to see that that distance is a really powerful thing. And, and frankly, even on a shorter golf course, if you have a little more speed, well, then maybe you're hitting irons off the tee, but to be able to hit irons where other guys are hitting driver is fine. But if, if you're, if you're talking about championship golf, where it tends to be more open, it's really going to, be owned by the guys that absolutely smash it out there. And very rarely, I mean, you've got everybody's seen the stats by now, but very rarely do you have somebody that's swinging less than 110 miles per hour. That's even competitive on tour in the top 20 on tour. They probably average about 120 or probably 120 miles per hour. So it's, it's a big differentiator in terms of the, the amount of money you can win. And it's not to say that the, there's no room for short hitters. There always will be the guys like, you know, Kevin, Na, uh, that, that, that can find a way with a little less speed. And, um, you know, there's going to be that guy like Brian Gay, who took his club at speed with overspeed training from 104 to 111. That's really impressive. And now he's much more relevant, but he's still one of the shorter guys. There's always going to be room for that, but uh, speed just makes every golf course easier. Awesome. And again, this week is the uh, players championship. Uh, we're through one round and, you know, the guys are working hard for the money, just like that, that song from, I think, the 80s or whatever it is. Uh, so who do you guys like this week for, for, the, for the players? Yeah, um, so I'm in a fantasy league, and I, I found it funny. A lot of everybody is super high on Rory, and then he kind of uh, he played pretty poor, and actually a lot of big names kind of played poor today. But I, uh, I took Morikawa and he kind of stumbled a little bit coming in, but yeah, I mean, Bryson, everybody, I think his odds weren't as good coming in for some reason, coming off a win, but I mean, he's right there at three. I'm just looking at the leaderboard. I mean, Sergio's up there who obviously has won there before. Um, You know, that was kind of, he was the fifth major, you know, he won before he won that masters. So, I mean, he's had some success there. But, I mean, Lee Westwood, who played well last week at Bay Hill, he's clearly in good form, and he always plays well at the Masters, too. So, um, those are some guys. I, 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 I think Morikawa will get it going, hopefully, and uh, move me up the fantasy rankings. So, um, I'm going to stick with him. But, I mean, Jordan Speed too, what a, what a start for him. But, I mean – he's kind of hitting it all over the place. Right. And he's still, <laughs> he's back to Jordan making putts. 
Yeah, it's fun to watch him kind of find a way to score, even though it's not crazy, crazy pretty, um, which I appreciate. And that's one thing about his game that I've always admired. You know, when he was in that little, uh, I don't know, I guess we'll call it a funk. I don't know what to really call it. You know, that was that was one thing. Eh? When he was doing what he was doing, I mean, he's always been the grinder. He's always had to grind it out. It's never been overly pretty. But boy, that flat stick of his, I mean, the flat stick is, is the great equalizer. If you can putt, you know, you can, you can make it up on, on the greens for what you're not doing in the fairways or off the tee. Yeah, you really can. And, and uh, I mean, in terms of the uh, predictive value of winning a tour event, it very rarely do you putt poorly and win a tour event. I remember kind of looking at the stats only two times, I think, in the history of the PGA Tour has a player won without putting better than average compared to the field, right? So you have to putt well to win, but um, ball strike is what keeps you out there, isn't it? You got to hit the ball well to be in there week in, week out. And then really, like uh, I had one of my one of my buddies who's a great, great gambler. He said, you know, find the guys that are hitting the ball well and putting bad because eventually they're going to start rolling some putts in and they probably have a good week, right? Um, right but that's how you win out there, isn't it? Putt well. So who do you like this week uh, with one, one in the books? Um, well, you know, Sergio's played pretty well here and he's the leader. You got to put him as the favorite at this point, given that he's leading and he's played pretty well. Um, but I'd love to see Lee Westwood. I think uh, fun to see him hit it well. And he just, just was close. And, you know, I don't think he's done with his uh, chance of winning. So we'll see. And I mean, speaking of Lee, I mean, that was awesome last week when he was sort of kind of, whether it was a mockery or whether whatever you want to call it, when he, uh, you know, did the whole celebration after his, uh, his mammoth drive on, on number six, you know, I thought that was pretty cool of Lee to do. And for me, my pick, actually, I'm with Scott. I, I, I like Morikawa for some reason this week. You know, I mm-hmm. just looked at him and I thought, you know what? Yeah, I can see him being, being the guy to, to win this week, you know, just, uh, just for another reason, just because I know his name just sort of jumped out at me. Well, he's a good ball striker, really good iron player. So um, it'll be interesting. And I think, um, I don't know what the weather looks like, but uh, it can be a very hard golf course. And it seems like it plays hard on the weekend most of the time, doesn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the wind picks up, right? You, you know, and that's the thing about Sergio. He was on the, in the morning wave this morning. So mm-hmm. we'll see what happens, you know, with that afternoon breeze that happens down in that part of, of Florida. Or the whole coast, I guess, really. I mean, there's mm-hmm. there's wind all over the place out there. Mm-hmm. So, you guys, we're just going to be wrapping up real soon here. Um, so, for those that want to know anything about Ripstick or Rip Golf, do you want to give them your handles for social media, Twitter, Instagram, or your website? Yeah, it's just uh, it's just ripstick.com or ripgolf.com. Either one will work. But uh, and our and our hash our our handle is at Ripstick on everything that's awesome so uh how close are you guys to golfing in minnesota <laughs> well scotty <laughs> did you did you get around in yet yeah so i've already uh so alex i've uh i played on sunday there was one course open in minnesota i played on sunday and then actually yesterday i drove down to des moines in iowa which is about three hours south it was 72 degrees and i got 36 in so uh, I got a little trip next week, a buddy's golf trip, a little competitive golf. We're playing actually a week from today. We're playing Torrey Pines, both the North and the South course, which I've never done. So that'll be a, a lot of fun. 
Uh, and obviously with the U S open there this year, it'll be cool to see it. Um, so yeah, we're, uh, you know, we had some seasonably warm temps the last week, but we're probably now going into a little cold snap. So hopefully by the end of March courses will be opening back up. How about yeah. you up there? Uh, we're a little ways away. Uh, we have no snow on the ground up here. Uh, we had two days, the last two days back to back have been 65 and close to 70 respectively, uh, which is, you know, unheard of up here, uh, this time of the year. So we're, we're getting close. There's two nine hole courses that are just open now. So they're going to be open for the year. They try to stay open all year long, as long as there's not a crazy amount of snow. So we're, we're getting there as well. And with, everything being situated now with with COVID we should be starting on time this year as well as opposed to last year where it was Memorial Day weekend roughly when we got started up here wow so yeah, yeah we were we were really set back last year we had good weather in in October and November you know to get more golf in but uh yeah no um we're gonna be starting on time this year I would think probably April 9th somewhere in that ballpark is uh is my guess we're gonna get our freezing rainstorm and one last <laughs> blast of, of snow you know, that really heavy, wet crap that, you know, you can't shovel. Yeah. <laughs> or snow blow for that matter. <laughs> exactly. All it does is plug, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 That's awesome. Well, guys, I want to thank you for joining me tonight on T-Box Chatter. And uh, again, I appreciate the time. And I'm looking so forward to getting the go-ahead to work out and start ripping the ripstick. Well, we appreciate it, Alex, and um, it's it's fun to be a part of this. We're trying to, you know, get a few more podcasts going, and I think you do a great job with it. So appreciate your your promotion and uh, chance to um, share this with a bunch of golfers. And and to that, it'll be my pleasure to get the the word of Ripstick out. Um, so for everyone listening in today, there's all kinds of information coming up on Ripstick at untilthenextt.blog, the home of organic golf reviews. So Scott. Luke, thank you so much for joining me tonight. Take care, and we'll see you on the next team. Thanks, Alex. Thanks, Alex.